0: And he says to prepare in both practicality and spirit. Brothers of the
1: word, because brother, need the, brothers of the word.
0: Welcome to Brothers of the Word, because brother, you need the word. Today's message is really not for the television audience or even the internet audience. For those of you who are listening live, we of course welcome you to continue to listen and there may be something that will prick and pierce your heart. But I really want to talk to primarily the members of the Ark of Salvation. You know that we just finished a very unique and a very powerful revival. And from that revival, changes are taking place. You remember that I talked about before the revival, God had told me to prepare for a thousand. And as I stood at the door during the revival, around 630, I was having people to tell me we had a very difficult time parking. And I knew then that parking was going to be an issue. And I had some people even coming in 20 minutes before time of the service and said, we had to literally park a mile away. And the parking became an extreme challenge. And I know there were some who, because I had stated if they were not here by seven, they couldn't get the blessing. I knew some of them hadn't even been able to park by seven. And I knew that was a problem. And I knew that some were not able to get here because of that. And I am thankful even for the guidance that I got from my mother and her prayer partner because I was going to put a tent outside to prepare for that thousand. And my mother said, I just don't have a good feeling about that tent. I just don't have a good feeling about that tent. And my mother's prayer prayer partner had gone into prayer and she said, God told her that we weren't going to need the tent. I said, but God told me to prepare for that thousand. And I went back through the church with Snapper and Mr. Hardy, and we counted every possible seat that could fit into this church. And we got a thousand seats in here without the tent. But they couldn't park. And after the revival, on the very last night, Pastor Cookie Rutledge ministered. And she told me, she said, I want you and your two brothers. I need to speak to the three of you privately. And we went into my office, and there we were, the three brothers, and I think my mother was there. And Cookie told me, she said, long before God spoke to me and told me to come and anoint the three of you to heal the sick and raise the dead. And she stood apart from us and she prayed and imparted that anointing and all three of us could just feel it flow. And as I stood there and I felt the power of that anointing, I was hearing God speaking to me over and over and over Prepare for a thousand. I said, but Lord, the revival is over. He said, prepare for a thousand. And then I began to think and I talked it over with people. I said, even though we can fit a thousand into the church, we can't
1: park them.
0: There's nowhere for a thousand people to park. They cannot park unless they park down at Turner Field. And the problem with Turner Field is it's the Olympic Stadium where the baseball game is held. But the problem is during the baseball season, they have games on Sunday morning and we couldn't use their lots on Sunday. So we don't have parking and there was no parking anywhere. So Lord, how am I going to prepare for a thousand and we can't park the people? There was no parking around. The closest place was the the neighborhood center there. And they said there's only 40 parking spots there, so we can't park the people. And I took my children to school early Monday morning and God just impressed it upon me. Go and see. I said, well, come to think of it. I haven't really gone through the neighborhood just to see if there's any parking. And I called my mother and I told her, I said, mother, I am going over to the Ark and I'm just gonna drive down every street for a solid mile around the Ark just to see. I said, to be honest about I, I, I know there's no parking. Everyone said there's no parking, but I haven't looked. And I was saying we need, I know normally from, from working with other building projects that the code requires you to have one parking space for every three and a half seats that you have in the building. I said, but normally people don't come to church three and a half per vehicle. We really need about two and a half. And I counted up what we need. I said, Mother, we need really an additional 250 parking spaces. But I'm just going to drive around just to see if there are any extra parking spaces. I said, people, oftentimes you don't have something. Simply because you've never actively gone and looked for the thing. You just assume that it's not there. So I, I just started driving and I drove up and down and drove up and down and did, didn't see anything. And finally, I, I got to the neighborhood center and I drove in and I looked at the parking and just roughly counted them. I said, it's not 40 spaces here. It's about 80 spaces here. And then I drove behind the neighborhood center and behind it out of sight is a middle school. And I drove over into the parking lot of the middle school. I said, it's about a hundred spots here. And right next to the middle school was this red brick building. I didn't know what it was. I drove over into it, still couldn't figure out what it was. But I looked at the parking spaces and I I said, it's about 50 spaces here. And then I heard God speak to me and he said, start over and count every space exactly. So I went back to the neighborhood center. And I drove down aisle by aisle by aisle and I counted them one, two, three. I counted every space. They had eighty five spaces. Then I drove into the middle school and I drove up and down aisle by aisle by aisle and counted every single space. They had one hundred and fourteen spaces. And then I drove to the other building that was right next to it. And I saw a gentleman in the parking lot. I told him what I was doing and I asked him, did he work? He said, yeah, I work here. He gave me his boss's name and number and I counted the spaces there. And he said, not only do we have these spaces, but we own the field next to this. And when we have events here, we park cars in the field. But I counted the paved marked spaces. They had 51 spaces. And then I added up 85 114 and 51 and a chill went over me it was 250 to the space not 249 not 251 it was 250 to the space and all of the spaces are right on Hill Street the next street over people sometimes provision whenever God tells you something it's a way to do it you all say it's a way to do it Even when it seems impossible, even when people tell you it can't be done, if God tells you to do something, there is a way to do it, but you have to press forward, even when you cannot see it, even when you don't know how, you have to press forward, and I stood there, and as I added up those three figures, and it came to 250 exactly, and then I walked out into the field. And I began to just mentally picture how many cars could fit into the field and about 70 cars would fit into the field. See, there was 250 paved spaces already ready and there's another 70 out in the field. Stuff you got to prepare. But but as I stood there and just it just hit me, everything God has said for me to do what he has said to prepare for a thousand is already here. And I put C. Elijah on the phone, and I said, "The spaces are there." I said, "But we need a bus if we're going to get people. We have a van, but it's hard to get in and out of that van. You have to get up. It's just hard, especially for women and some men. It's just hard to get up." And I said, "We need a bus, and we used to have a bus, but we gave it away to another ministry." I said, "We need a bus." And if we have a bus, we can, all of the stuff is right down the street. It's all on one street. If we have a bus, we can start using the parking lot. We can shuttle people back and forth. And my mother said, she got on fire as I began to talk about it. And my mother said, this thing is on you now. You need to move while the spirit is high. And, you know, after the revival, there are still people who can't even sleep. Still. There's something that happened in that revival that put an energy in us. It put a fire and we still can't sleep. God is not waking you up just for you to have your eyes open looking up. God is waking you up. He's putting the energy in you for you to do something. He doesn't inspire you, motivate you, energize you, place opportunity before you just for you to feel good. The revival was not about you not being able to sleep. The revival was about you waking up and doing something. So when you wake up and when you do something, God will begin to open up to show you some things. And my mother said, you need to go ahead and get that bus. And she said, I will put in the down payment on the bus. So see, Elijah drove over and we all met at my mother's house and we all went looking for the bus. We found a bus that was virtually in brand new condition, only had 29,000 miles on it, and went in and we bought that bus that day. And I said, I can see the vision of this bus. I wanna get a wrap around this bus where it looks just like a boat, just like an ark, where when people see it, they're gonna just, when they just see the bus go by, they're gonna just wanna get on the bus just because of the way it looks. And and we have, if the AV department can just put, that's the bus right there. Now, it doesn't have the writing on it. Just That's just the artist rendition of the ark. And when people just see it go, by, it's, it's nothing like they've ever seen before. But they'll be able to get into the ark to come to the ark. So that's the first thing that, that happened. But, but later that night, as I got home and, and all the excitement had, had worn down and And there I was alone. I began to have doubts. I said, Lord, we spent all of this money on this bus. We don't have the people to fill the lots nor the bus. We don't need the thing now. And I began to get discouraged and I began to question God. I began to question what I heard. I'm just being real with you. Because, see, every one of the prophets, if you ever read their lives where it's any detail, every one of the prophets got to a point where they just asked for God to just kill them. The stuff got, they just got discouraged because the task ahead seemed to be so great and the provision so meager that they just couldn't see all of the picture. And, and when it got dark, I began to lose the fire and I began to lose the vision. And I began to get scared and afraid and wonder if I had made a mistake. Same day. Didn't even have to wait till the next day. Same day. And I called and I talked to my friend who is in Florida, Al Woods, who pastors a church there. And I told him that we had bought the bus and all of the stuff that had happened in the day. And I told him, but I was feeling afraid and unsure. And I was questioning things. That's why. The sermon that I recently preached, who you are attached to, will bless you up or mess you up. Especially when you have major things to do. Who you are attached to will bless you up or mess you up. They will give you either discouragement or encouragement. They will help you get to where you're supposed to go or tell you, boy, you're not supposed to go anywhere. Who you are attached to can make all of the difference in the world. So as I was talking to Al... He spoke just a sentence. He said, you are the pastor of the ark. And it was not raining when Noah built the ark. And just that one word re-energized me. And I called my mother and I told my mother, I said, mother, I had gotten discouraged about it. I, I was losing the vision and I was losing the faith and the fire for this thing. And, and my friend told me that I'm pastor of the ark and it wasn't raining when Noah built the ark. And, and then my mother went to tell me, she says, I know you were supposed to do this thing. I, I was walking in my kitchen and my Bible was open on the table and I looked at it and she said, and my Bible had opened to Isaiah 66 7. She said it was the very verse that the first speaker in the revival spoke from. And the verse fundamentally says before she goes into labor she gives birth. Before the pains come upon her she delivers a son who has ever heard of such a thing? Who has ever seen such things? Can a country be born in a day or a nation be brought forth in a moment? Yet no sooner is Zion in labor than she gives birth to her children. And my mother said the commentary on the verse. She says the commentary on the verse It says that giving birth represented the birth of the community from the cast out worshipers as coming so quickly that it will be without pain. She says that verse meant the folk coming back to the church so fast and so quick that it was out pain. Prepare for a thousand. So as God... began to speak and I began to be able to see the vision. And I saw even with the boat and I said, I don't even know whether we'll do this, but I want to try it, that I want to even minister to the people when they get on the boat, come into the boat. And I want to just try just putting a prophet on the boat for a while and to see what happens. And I called prophet Dexter and told him about the idea. And and I said, we're still, we're we're rising in the healing ability. But one thing that we do have flowing extremely well is the prophetic ability. We've got three people who the prophetic ability flows through very easily now, which is myself and Prophet Dexter and Minister Stephanie. And I told Minister Stephanie about it. And I said, we might want to put a prophet on the boat. And I might want you to be one of those prophets some Sundays. And they were leaving, going on a cruise the next day after the revival. And James told me that when they got back and docked and ate breakfast, that God told Stephanie just to go over and minister and prophesy to her later. And James says, this prophet on the boat come in to pass before we can even get off the boat. <laughs> so I began to see and I began to be able to feel What God was talking about with prepare for a thousand and how the verse from the first revival related strictly to the people coming back and flooding into the church that it would give birth so fast that it would be without pain. But I asked God, I said, Lord, now I'm familiar with this prophetic stuff. I've had so many instances of where you've told me stuff, but Lord, sometimes this stuff is not like your figure." Oftentimes it's not like you told Abraham about that child. It took him 25 years. I said, Lord, is this thing going to be like Abraham? You tell me to prepare for a thousand, but it doesn't fulfill it. Twenty years later, Lord, is this going to be like Abraham? That's what I ask God. I, I just ask him. And this is what God spoke to me. He said, your duty is to obey, prepare for a thousand. He said, It is mine to fulfill, and I will choose the timing and the method. So, so basically, what, what God says look, you just prepare for a thousand. If I choose to send them in next Sunday or the next millennium, that's up to me. You just prepare for the thousand. So, so I, I, I had to then understand my duty is to obey. And he says to prepare in both practicality and spirit. That's why these chairs are in the aisle now. We're going to start preparing and we're going to put the chairs out before the birth is given. Before the people are here. We're going to have the bus. We're going to have the parking arranged. We're going to have stuff in place. He says prepare. See, see, oftentimes God cannot send you some stuff because you're not ready. Yeah. God, you're not ready. I, you, so many of us were praying for stuff. Some of you are praying for a husband or a wife and you're not ready. You can't cook grits. You understand what I mean? So, so, I mean, you need to prepare for the blessing. So if you don't prepare, God cannot even send it to you. You need to be prepared. If you're, if you're asking God for something, And you have faith that he will deliver the thing, you need to prepare for the deliverance. If God sends it to you before you are ready, it'll mess you up. Prepare for a thousand. So I am asking all of the members of the Ark of Salvation to get ready. You know, T.D. Jakes, one of his things that he's always, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. So, so I, I, I'm asking for all of the members of the Ark of Salvation to get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready, get ready. And for the for the last ten years that I have been pastor of this church, God has told me, do not focus on filling up this church. That's not the mission. That's not what I'm. So, so he he has now all of a sudden he has shifted. And we still don't have to focus on filling it up. He just says, prepare. For a thousand. See, see, God will do the delivering and God will bring the blessing. God will bring the increase if we're just obedient and if we just prepare to receive that which God will deliver unto us. So we have to prepare. We have to prepare practically and we have to prepare spiritually. You have to be able to see everything full, everything jam-packed. Now, sometimes we really don't want the blessing. I, I attended a Pastors coaching network with see Elijah and one of the things that they talked about that oftentimes anytime a pastor goes into a small church, there is a resistance within the church to grow because people like things the way they are. They have a close little knit network. They got things all set up. It's an intimate setting. And, and people like things the way they are. They don't like to change. And, and, and it will change some things. If we were overflowing, yes, it will change some things. And there are some of you right now saying, but I like the art just the way it is. People, sometimes that's why we can never get what God intends for us because we're comfortable where we are. And sometimes when you won't move where God has told you to move, He'll snatch the stuff out from under you and force you to move. So I, I would rather move in obedience than to wait. And be stubborn, but oftentimes, and and that's what the coaching network said, oftentimes if you've been in a church and it's been a certain size for a certain length of time, there is so much resistance because the people don't want it to change. They don't want it to grow. They want their same little cliques, their same little groups. They don't want anybody else to disturb the status quo that it becomes impossible for the pastor to grow the church. So I am asking all of you to get ready practically and in spirit, it's where God has destined for us to go. Now, actually, the one thousand is an intermediate step. It's not the final destination. That final destination, he says, the next church you will have to build. It needs to be forty two hundred seats. That's where the forty two came from. For those of you, how many of you were here for the Thursday service this past Thursday? Just raise your hand. You, you remember what I did As I closed out, I said, God was just leading me to just ask people to stand and count off and number themselves because every person was important. And I began with just one. And then see, Elijah said two and each one counted off. And there were 40 people who counted in the Thursday service. And after that, Snapper came to me and he said he went through the sanctuary to see if anyone had been missed. And he said "Adonis's baby was not counted because the baby was only a few months old. So it couldn't holler out its number. And there was another little girl asleep on the pews. God had me number out things to hammer in. This is your ultimate destination. Forty two hundred. A friend and I bought a boat. Seven years ago. And recently, we had gone up on the lake, uh, Pastor James and and, and Darrell Lawson and all of their kids, and we had all gone up, and we, we got on the boat, and we went out on the lake. And as I was driving, the boat had the motor wide open. Something just popped, and the boat just went into neutral, wouldn't go anywhere. I had to call a tow boat to come and tow the boat back because it just wouldn't go into anything but neutral. Got the mechanics report and basically, what he said was the boat was a total loss. He said some water had gotten in it. It had, it had, it it rotted out a lot of the engine supports, and that's what it caused the engine to shift. It had broken the drive shaft. The drive shaft was fused into the motor. It was going to cost a huge amount of money to get the thing fixed. So I said, Well, that ends that. <laughs> and the friend who I owned the boat with. Um, He's working on. And actually, the thing became a blessing because the insurance company is going to pay for the boat. So it's going to work out absolutely as a blessing. But I was I was looking for a particular picture that was totally unrelated. And I had to go through an old hard drive that had a whole lot of archive pictures on it. And I saw this folder that says the boat we almost bought. And I didn't even remember the thing, but when I saw it, and especially having gone through the experience just with the boat, the boat we almost bought, I clicked in the folder and started looking at the pictures. I had snapped the picture. We were looking between two boats. And I had snapped the picture of this boat from all of the angles to look at it so we could decide between the two boats we chose the other boat. But as I looked at the picture and as I looked at the stern, I said, oh my goodness. That's the boat. And I said, what in the world? I I, I didn't. this is seven years ago. Who in the world would name a boat 42? But it was just another indication of where we are going. So I know without question, God has sent the signs. He has sent the directions. But our phase now. We're moving into the phase now. We must prepare for a thousand. I am going to do something differently today. First of all, I want to ask everyone to participate in this. We have we have the gift DVDs. We have a lot of them that we got for the revival and afterwards. I'm going to ask everyone to take two gift DVDs per week and give them to somebody. doesn't even have to be anybody you know. You just take two gift DVDs. If you're in the grocery store, you take them with you. You're coming out to check out. You hand one to the cashier. No, No matter where you are, take two gift DVDs and just give them to people. That's the purpose that we made them for. Everybody can participate in preparing for a thousand. The other thing about it is... It's expensive. When I looked at what the bus costs and and we've got to the other command is we've got to make the building handicap accessible. So we've got to we've got to do all this. If you got to prepare some of the thousands are going to be handicapped. We've got to have handicap accessibility. We got all of this stuff we have to do. This stuff is going to be expensive. I'm going to take up another offering today. For those of you who've been at the ark. I've only taken up an additional offering that I can remember one time and it's been so long ago. I can't even remember what it was. So, you know, this is not the kind of thing that we do with any kind of regularity. But God spoke to me and he simply says this to me. He said that he said everyone and those who embrace this wholeheartedly shall see the increase in their world as well. So it's not just going to be an increase in the ark of salvation. Those who embrace this wholeheartedly shall see an increase in their world as well. Now, this is not an offering that's a part of your normal tithing offering. It's totally separate, but it is a part of the increase. And my mother has already started it off because she invested in putting the down payment on that bus. So she immediately saw And did something with action because all vision requires some provision. You know, it's great to have a vision for a bus, but if you don't have any money for the bus, that vision gonna go null and void. You have to have provision for the vision. She was the first one who invested in the vision. The second person came up to me on Thursday. She is not even a member of this church. And she said that she had come to the revival and God was not letting her sleep. And God was telling her to take her disability check and put it in the Ark of Salvation. And she showed me her checkbook and she says, Pastor, I have three dollars in my checking account. This makes no sense whatsoever, but I cannot sleep. And I hear God speaking to this this to me over and over and over and over and over. Take your disability check and give it to the Ark. she's not even a member. Take your disability check. And give it to the Ark of Salvation. She gave me the check on Thursday night. The check is for $419.47. This is the second check of the second amount. Not even, see God is even calling people who are not even members here. And that's, see people, she showed me her checking account. She had $3 in there. Don't you know that takes some faith? I'm not even sure I got that much faith. That's a lot of faith. That's a lot. But she said, I'm sure. And she struggled with the thing. She said, I've been hearing this for days. And she had been wrestling and she had been struggling with it. But I have, I have, this is, this is some great faith. $419 and some odd cents that she, wait a minute. Why would I say $419 and how much? Oh, it's locked. I can't even get in there. Was it $47 or $67? Because it almost boils almost to four hundred and twenty dollars. So it's almost close to that forty-two itself. But this lady had extreme faith and she was obedient. God has told us to prepare for a thousand. And what he spoke to me is he said, I want you to take money from your company and I want you to put it there. So I am putting also on this vision, this check for ten thousand dollars. So we are going to invest into this. It is God-ordained, it is divine, and we're going to see the results. And, and what I want you to do is this. Just as we ask God, Lord, what shall we give? I want you to ask God, what shall you give per person? If it's a penny, that's $10. If it's a dime, that's $100. If it's a dollar, that's 1000 Whatever it is, I want you to ask God. And if he says nothing to you, then just leave it at nothing. I want you to ask God, Lord, what shall I give? This is a step wasn't raining when Noah built. Those who embrace this wholeheartedly will see the increase in their life. Now, you know good and well we don't ask for money in this church. Anybody, you, you know that, so that's, that's not a question about that. But this is going to something that is going to change everyone who is involved. I want you to bow your heads right now. Lord, what shall I give per person for that 1,000 and multiply that by the 1,000 and it is up to you to be obedient. Amen. I'm going to ask Prophet Dexter to come and have final remarks because he wrote me with what God had just been showing him during the revival. And it was very, very similar. To this, I have no question that we're getting ready to move. When you write out your check, just come up and drop it in the box. You don't have to wait for any. We're not going to just just you just come on your own and just do this. So this is a walk of faith. But I will guarantee you as God has guaranteed me, he will fulfill that which he has spoken. We are getting ready to move to another level, but it's not just the church. It is everyone who embraces this wholeheartedly.
1: Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: She says she has a, some of you may have a debit card or credit card that you want to use. That machine is in the resource center, so you can, you can do that. God knows your commitment, so you can do that immediately after the service.
1: Amen. Pastor, um, while you were speaking, and I was sitting up here, I saw an angel, angels rather, plural, They looked to be about the height of the the ceiling right here at the bottom part. And I would say that's about nine feet. But I saw one in every corner of the building. And it looked as though they were supporting or lifting the building as a support. But in the spirit, I could see the church itself elevated. And it was though it was it was though it was on a river. And it was going down like a boat. <laughs> going down the river. And so God was telling me that that this is just a sign of what's to come. Because the ark of salvation is not just within this building, but it's going to expand outside. Amen. If you just believe and have enough faith. That God will do what he says. He will do it quickly. Amen. Everyone standing. And before we leave there's 14 people in here you've been dealing with some things and, and you know that there's some things that you need to close so you can begin anew and just like the ark and just like the doors of the ark were closed God said, Come before your doors are closed. If you're in here, that doesn't necessarily mean that you have done something wrong. You may be holding on to some guilt. You may be holding on to some frustrations. You may be holding on to some illnesses that God has healed you from and you need to release. Whatever it might be, if you will come quickly, watch God move. Come, I want, want you to count off like Pastor had us count off because I know it's more than 14 but God said I always have room that was a number he gave me he said it was at least 14 but there was always room
0: 14 is the first division of 42 Amen. there were 14 generations from Abraham David, and 14 generations from David until the Babylon captivity, and 14 generations from the captivity of Babylon until the Christ. So 14 is the first phase of Christ.
1: Amen. If you would start, Jackie, we're going to start from Jackie, and we're going to go just go down the line and go around. Is there anyone else? Come now before your doors close. Because God will send you another blessing, but you don't want to miss this blessing. Because sometimes we turn down our blessings and we miss some blessings we miss. And it hinders the other blessings. Because God looks at it, well, you would not accept this blessing, so why should I send you another one? Mm -hmm. Mm. Amen. Just another sign of what God is getting ready to do.
0: of what shall come
1: but it means
0: sometimes that you have to do the work of more than one because you will carry the load of more than one this church will have a major i remember my mother keeps telling about when dale came in the early revival and he asked god what was it that was so special about the ark and God told Dale, the ark is like unto Bethlehem. It is a birthing place and it'll change the world. So we're headed into a phase and he's had to prepare us to even move from phase to phase to phase. We're preparing now for a thousand, but that is not the final destination. But he has to take you step by step by step. And everyone. Who Wholeheartedly embraces this, you shall see increase in your word. Thus saith the Lord. This ends message number 5453 by Nathaniel Brauner Jr. To hear other messages or to send this message number 5453 to a friend, simply go to airjesus.com and the online word.com. This has been message number 5453 1000. Listen to AirJesus.com and TheOnlineWord.com often and keep your spirit charged up.